0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: This episode, this joyous episode, episode 154 for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even futures for next season. And don't forget, Major League Baseball is back as well. Who are you going to be picking to win the World Series? Well, if you have an idea, place your bet on BetOnline. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games as well. It's super easy to get started. Just head to the website. Use promo code Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get a welcome bonus of 50% on your first deposit. Again. For a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, go to betonline, promo code slash believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Bet online where the game starts with that said, episode 154, for the love of the game, let's get after it! <laughs> and it's from uptown, I bought of us down. Yeah, oh, then I keep damn it, dame it, till my shining loca. In the kitchen, whipping that dope up, you can smell a odor. Hold on, pigeon, we gon' hit it like we Sammy Sosa. Put that billy to the limit, you can smell a odor. Oh, spin it, be, call me chulo, when I'm pulling up in that two diamonds, different color. Uno while he's handing so me, mommy, made my pocket look like sumo. I got money out there. Do it that, you know. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Episode 154 for the love of the game, and what a day it is today. What a day for you, boy ATH. The theme of this monologue is going to be: I told you so, like I normally do. Those are all my four favorite words. In the English language, when put together, I told you so. And this is going to be a celebration of the end of the Brooklyn Nets season and all the cast of characters that made this Brooklyn Nets season so interesting and so easy to root against. Just wonderful. So, for those who don't know, In this episode, you will not be getting any coverage about the NFL draft. I know that's this week. If you want to hear about the NFL draft, go somewhere else. We're talking NBA this episode, full NBA. And in this monologue, we were talking about one topic and one topic only, and that is the corniest franchise in the National Basketball Association, the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. These Brooklyn Nets were picked before the season started by 70% of the general managers to win the NBA title. Now, again, there were certain things that not everybody could predict. The COVID situation, Kyrie's vaccination status, I get it, fine. But the arrogance of the Brooklyn Nets and all those who blindly followed and believed in the Brooklyn Nets is outrageous. It was outrageous all year to the point where even as a seven seed, barely above 500, a seven seed having to play in the playing game, those mighty Brooklyn Nets, those favored Brooklyn Nets, they were the betting favorite to make the finals out of the Eastern Conference. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. And guess what? Their season is over. A 4 0 sweep against the Boston Celtics. A Boston Celtics team that didn't try and duck the Brooklyn Nets. They said they ain't scared. And they showed it. They kicked the crap out of the Nets. Just so incredibly satisfying. This Nets organization. The arrogance of this Nets organization was outrageous this year. Outrageous. Now, the corniness of this organization has been a long time now. When they put up that bogus billboard with Mikhail Prokhorov, the old owner, standing next to Jay-Z. They put up the billboard in midtown Manhattan near Madison Square Garden saying a new era is here or something to that effect. That new team, new city. For all 25 fans, that was real cool. Shout out to Evan Roberts. You're one of them. Frank the Tank, Barstool Sports, I guess you're one of them too. Robin Lundberg, that corny-ass loser. He's part of it. Sure. Brooklyn Nets, you can have that loser, Robin Lundberg. Ah, it's, it's just wonderful. So, so wonderful. So let's start with the cast of characters for who I have the most, or I should say the least disdain for first. And then we'll go to the guy who I think is the biggest jerk. So let's start with Kevin Durant, who once upon a time said, the New York Knicks are no longer cool. You know what's not cool, Kevin Durant? Playing for a franchise that has no fans and getting swept in the first round. I'll tell you, that's not cool, all right? Kevin Durant got absolutely demolished by Jason Tatum. All series got absolutely demolished by Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum took his lunch every which way. Every which way. The numbers when Kevin Durant was being guarded by Jason Tatum in isolation. The shooting stats, I think it was something like going into game four was like five for 17. I mean, just incredible the job that Jason Tatum did. But as great as Jason Tatum is, and he's made an incredible leap, this is somebody myself who said I thought he was super overrated. I thought that the Celtics should trade him if they're breaking up the Jalen-Jason Tatum combo. Hand up. I was wrong. He made me eat my words. But this isn't about Jason Tatum and Jason Tatum's greatness. If you're Kevin Durant and you're that guy, you can't have a series like this. If you want to have the standing that Kevin Durant wants to have in the NBA, in the history of the NBA, in the current NBA, you can't have this. If you're that dude, a top five guy, which I still think Kevin Durant is, you cannot have a series like this. You cannot look absolutely manhandled all series. You can't look so incredibly out of it with ridiculous turnovers. You can't take the shots that you were taking. You can't have the excuse that the referees are allowing the Celtics to be physical. You can't have those excuses. That's not the way this works. If you're Kevin Durant, you have to overcome all that. You got to figure it out. And he sure as shit. Did not figure it out. Yeah, game four's box score looked pretty good. 13 of 31. That's not terrible. No, got to the line, made some tough shots. But man, Kevin Durant, what happened, dude? Like, what happened? Like, where was the Kevin Durant of last year? And again, credit to the Boston Celtics. They had a lot to do with it. Their defense is as good a defense as I've ever seen. Especially against isolation. But man, Kevin Durant, where did you go, dude? Where'd you go? So, Kevin Durant, let's go back through the history of Kevin Durant. Comes onto the scene. Oklahoma City is just awesome early on. You can tell he's going to be an absolute superstar. Makes a leap to the NBA Finals in 2012. Goes toe-to-toe with LeBron James and LeBron's apex. And those games were a lot – I know it was a 4-1 win for Miami, but four of the five games were a lot closer than you remember. Kevin Durant is coming. He's was never quite LeBron James, but you could make a case that he was the second-best player in the league for a long, long time. Long, long time. And then after last year, his performance in the playoffs and how spectacular he was with not a lot of help, you could say Kevin Durant was the best player in the league. I did not believe that to be the case. But you could say he was the best player in the league. But right now, that case is absolutely dead. And Kevin Durant, who jumped from the Oklahoma City's thunder, and again, we're not blaming him that he left Oklahoma City. It's been proven out that Russell Westbrook's not an easy guy to play with. That's apparent. But he went to a team. That had won 73 games the year before and won a title two years before. And he was just going to piggyback off those titles to get himself a ring. And it worked. It absolutely worked. And to his credit, he was the best player on the court with LeBron James in an NBA Finals game. But as it so turns out, Kevin Durant, when the team was not going to be yours because it's Steph Curry City and Steph Curry makes the Warriors, no matter how great Kevin Durant was, Steph Curry was. What made that thing go? Steph Curry and Draymond Green makes that thing go. And he was able to float in and out, be the ultimate Swiss Army knife, and that's great. Wonderful. Kudos to him. Got his titles. He wanted to leave for Brooklyn because he said the Knicks weren't cool, which is... Now, the Knicks are a lot of things, but they are still the number one attraction in town, and they still are the way cooler franchise, considering they have fans but all right, go to Brooklyn, made a bad mistake, go to Brooklyn, fine. It turns out it's a little hard to take a team over the hump when you are the guy to win a title when you are the guy. You ducked it in Oklahoma City by going to Golden State. You thought you can get it back. It's a little harder than you think when you're not flanked by Stephen Curry and the gravity that he has out on the floor. When you're not flanked by Klay Thompson, you're not flanked by Draymond Green. A little bit more difficult, eh? Don't you think? Hitching your career, your wagon to Kyrie Irving? Is that very smart? I don't think so. I don't think so. And then Kevin Durant having the gall to go at Charles Barkley for calling him a wagon rider. Saying that Charles Barkley was ring-chasing at the end of his career with Houston. Charles Barkley was traded to Houston, okay? At the end of his career, not in the peak of his powers. Kevin Durant, as great as he is, and again, I would take him on the Knicks tomorrow if I could. I was distraught when they w- weren't able to sign Kevin Durant. But my dude is charm and soft, all right? And as much as I beg on LeBron, I'll give LeBron credit. LeBron never, ever had a first-round playoff sweep to his name. Ever, regardless of who he played with. He was always able to sum up some monster game and get his team over the hump. Now, did he play in pretty much a weak Eastern Conference most of his career? Yes, but still. LeBron, outside of the 2011 Finals, and again, that's the NBA Finals, never had a series as bad as this Kevin Durant series. Regardless what the numbers say, if you watched it, you know. So yeah, KD, you want to be the guy? You want to be considered one of the 10 greatest players of all time? This can't happen. This can't happen. But because he's been great for so long, he – he well, we got to him first because in the order of jackasses on the Brooklyn Nets, he's about a one. Even though I'll never forgive him for saying that the Knicks aren't cool. The Knicks are a lot of things. They've been dysfunctional. They've been a train wreck. They've been a dumpster fire. But they are the team in town, and they are the cool brand in town. So kick rocks, Kevin Durant. Kick rocks. Get lost. You're done this year. It's never going to happen in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not a thing. All right? You made a mistake, and now you got to lie in it. Okay? I love it. Absolutely love it. But, again, he's not the worst. For this year, I'm shocked that he's not the finale. But Kyrie Irving, step right up. Kyrie Irving, all right? a grade A jackass, and somebody who's completely unself-aware. So Kyrie Irving has a masterful game one, making tons of shots, ridiculous shots, a, a skill set that very few guys have. And then that was game one, games two through four, a no-show, an absolute no-show. Kyrie Irving, somebody who, again, we can debate the political side of the vaccination, but he chose not to get vaccinated. Didn't take his teammates into consideration. Again, that's a personal choice, whatever. I'm not going down that road, but didn't take his teammates into consideration. And just finally, after game four, says, maybe I was a bit of a distraction. And that is is after they lost in game three where he said, we haven't had enough time together to play. Well, you could have changed all that if you chose to get vaccinated at least one shot and you would have been fine, but you chose not to do that. And again, that's a personal choice. It's beyond basketball, whatever. But the irony of what he says is outrageous. He's the reason for all of it. He's the reason that James Harden requested a trade. Now, I'm not saying James Harden was right in the way he's gone about his business. But Kyrie Irving, you're the reason why there wasn't any continuity, okay? And then you have guys on Twitter saying, Kyrie's a a Hooper's Hooper. They use some bullshit terms like that. You know what the reality is? Kyrie Irving is a career losing player. If you take out the stint with LeBron James, Kyrie Irving is a losing player. And not only that, he's unreliable. He's missed over 160 games in the last five years, okay? He's played about 50% of the Nets' playoff games. But hey, when he has moments like on a random Tuesday night against the Orlando Magic where he goes 12 for 17 with 50 points, yeah, it's wonderful, great. But Kyrie Irving has been dining off his reputation of hitting that one shot against Steph Curry in the finals. Without that shot, he's basically just Steve Francis. He's a losing player. And the worst part about it is he seems to be the straw that stirs the drink for this Nets organization. Kevin Durant basically being in the background, which should not be the case. Kyrie Irving, besides for the fact that he's a nutcase and completely delusional, you can't rely on him for anything. But yet, Kyrie Irving in his infinite wisdom after the game says, I'm going to be back next year because he has an option. I'm going to be back next year. Kev and I and Sean and Joe are going to figure it out. Basically throwing his coach under the bus and not including him as part of the team that's going to figure it out. Like Kyrie Irving is one of these, you know, one of the management team. For a guy who never shows up, who's missed 160 games of the last 5 years, you want that guy making decisions? I wouldn't. If I'm the Nets and Kyrie turns down his extension, or I should say his option, I wouldn't sign him to an extension. Now, I know they will because Kevin Durant will vouch for him. And it's a bigger problem when these franchises give so much power to a singular player or a singular group of players. See, with LeBron and the Lakers, not going great. Kawhi with the Clippers, not going great. The Nets situation, it's not great. But, man, how can you ever trust Kyrie Irving? How can you? And for all those on NBA Twitter who are like, Kyrie Irving is a top 12 player in the league. Kyrie Irving's a Hooper's Hooper. Kyrie Irving is a career loser without LeBron James. The greatest thing to ever happen to the Knicks in the last 10 years is that Kyrie Irving decided not to sign with them. Did it cost them Kevin Durant? Maybe. but. What a blessing for the Knicks franchise that Kyrie Irving did not sign with them. But even Kyrie Irving in this cast of characters is not the biggest jackass on the Nets. That award goes to Ben Simmons, who was acquired in the James Harden trade and which looks to be a lose-lose trade. Everybody involved is, is a loser in this. Ben Simmons, who... After last year's collapse against the Atlanta Hawks with the Philadelphia 76ers, got super butthurt saying that his coach called him out. Basically was like, I don't want to be in Philadelphia anymore. The fans are mean to me, yada, yada, yada. Basically holds out, takes a fine, gets his way, gets traded to... The Nets, because Daryl Morey, the GM of the 76ers, has a major hard-on for James Harden, which is going to ultimately be their undoing. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Ben Simmons, who hasn't played all year, all of a sudden has a a back injury. Okay, you know, back injuries are happening. He's ramping up fine. And then the word gets out that he maybe will play game three. He's targeting game three. Nope, didn't come back game three. But the quotes are like, Ben Simmons is is acting super confident, says Clutch Sports. You know, Clutch Sports is feeding this bullshit to their guys who they control in the media. Ben Simmons, swagger like Jordan. Yeah, all right, dude. Okay, so game four. Nets are down 3-0. Ben Simmons targeting game four. And what do you know? Once the result was out, Ben Simmons was like, I'm shutting this down. And he's still going to file a grievance against the 76ers in the league to recoup money that he was fined. Unbelievable. As gross as Kyrie Irving is, as gross as James Harden is in terms of handling their business, they at least played. Ben Simmons – Can't even be bothered to play one game. One freaking game. And if you're the Nets, how do you let this stuff get out about Ben Simmons possibly playing and possibly not be playing? Like, how do you let that be a media narrative? Because you're just going to get shit on when it doesn't happen when he quits, like he did. I, I just... Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. It couldn't have happened to a better franchise who thought that they were going to cheat the system and because of their top end talent that they were just going to roll, that continuity and teamwork don't mean anything. Well, guess what? It turns out that it does. They signed Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant three years ago. They have one playoff win to show for it. One. And they said that they were going to take over the city. Just hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. We all clown Julius Randall for his first round performance last year. Do you know he outscored Kyrie Irving from last year his last year's first round to Kyrie's first round this year? And that's after Kyrie had a monster game one. Couldn't have happened to a better franchise. These loser Brooklyn Nets and those losers who were paid actors to go up to Boston for the first game and get off that party bus in Nets gear. Just awesome. I can't wait for this to be shared on social media. And for all 20 Nets fans to get a hold of this and cry themselves to sleep. I checked in on some of the Twitter spaces for Nets fans after game four. Kyrie Irving quit on us. What would you expect? What did you expect? Why did you ever expect Ben Simmons to play? Bunch of losers. Grade A corny ass losers. I am on record saying I don't root for Boston ever. I rooted for the Celtics in 2010 and to- 2008 because Kevin Garnett was my guy. Other than that, I don't root for the Celtics. But this year, you damn right I was rooting for the Celtics, and I enjoyed every second of it. Every single second of it. The Brooklyn Nets deserve each other. And I hope and pray that they stay together because it's never going to happen. They're never going to take over the city. They're never going to win a title with this team. It's never going to happen. As great as Kevin Durant is, he can't overcome the Kyrie Irving Ebola virus. A feather in LeBron James's cap. He was able to do it. But it just goes to show you that there's a decent gap between LeBron James in his peak and Kevin Durant in his peak. Just awesome. So awesome. Long live this Brooklyn Nets team because I can't wait to watch them fail year in and year out. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Have a day, ATH. Everything that I believe to be true. Anthony Davis is soft and LeBron James is a jackass who destroys franchises after a while. Well, that turned out to be true this year. Kyrie Irving is a losing player. Well, that turned out to be true. James Harden is not going to help the Philadelphia 76ers win squat because he's washed and he's not very good in the playoffs. Well, last night he was 4-for-11. And they lost. And they have an opportunity to squander a 3 nothing series lead against the Toronto Raptors. But again, we'll get into the 76ers later. This monologue is a eulogy for the Brooklyn Nets series. And it's the happiest eulogy I ever gave. With that said, we're going to bring on a recurring guest to talk more about all stuff, Brooklyn Nets' demise, and other aspects of the NBA playoffs so far in just a matter of moment. Okay, so I'm bringing on a recurring guest as I teased in the monologue for a glorious episode of the For the Love of the Game show. You've heard him before. He's a fellow hoops head just like myself. Loves the NBA, Mr. Johnny Nolman. Johnny, how great is this man?
0: I'm having so much fun. This is in general it's an amazing playoffs and that's the icing on top and it's also like this is only getting better because you like look, look you look ahead and you're like these matchups are Boston versus the Bucks that's, in the second round that's in, an insane matchup and like I'm sure we'll get to, to get to it but like this is so exciting
1: this is awesome. As I say as I gleed with such joy in the monologue This is catnip for me, okay? What's transpired so far in this NBA season is catnip for me. The Lakers flopped incredibly hard. LeBron missed the playoffs, and Anthony Davis proved to be soft, something I've been saying for years. Ah, beautiful. Now we have the Nets situation we'll get into, which is obviously beautiful as a Knicks fan who despises the Nets. James Harden looks like he's a disaster. Another four for eleven game from him last night. We'll get to him in a second. Kyrie Irving is AWOL and is much of a jackass and the least self-aware person in the world. It's like everything I believe in is coming to fruit is coming to fruition and it's just beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. It's, it's it's
0: wild. This is wild. Like if you told me that the Nets would have got swept. If you would have told me they would have lost 4-1, I would have been shocked. But the swept, this is crazy, and it's it's really, really crazy.
1: I predicted the Celtics in six, but when I did the, the episode previewing the playoffs, I, I didn't imagine this. And now it's failed even more spectacularly than I could have ever anticipated, and we're going to get to that in a second. But... Yeah, it's just incredible. So obviously we're having so much fun, especially at the Nets' expense, at Kyrie's expense, at Durant's expense to some degree, a little lesser of a degree. But there's one turd in the punch bowl uh, for this NBA playoff so far, and that has been the refereeing. We've seen it in a couple of different instances. Like if you look at the games like the Nets-Celtics, right, which is a very physical game, and they let things go – and then you compare that to the Minnesota Timberwolves series against the Memphis Grizzlies, which has been a really fun series. It's just it, it's not even remotely the same.
0: Yeah, and, and also like I think it's inconsistent between the regular season and the playoffs. I think in the regular season they might call it one way, and in the playoffs they allow some games to be more physical in the regular season, which precisely. Yeah, which I'm all for. I'm like, the team like the Celtics, like, it's well, so Well, hold physical. on one
1: second. You say you're all for it. I, I have a crazy question to ask you, though. Why not call it the same way in the regular season as the playoffs?
0: Yeah, that that's precisely my point, is that you, you need to do that because you can't get guys that cost – like, the regular season, is. as we've seen with the Nets, they didn't have that preparation in the season to come to play the playoffs. Easy, and the Celtics did. The Celtics were in a rhythm, and they kind of made that perfect um, climb up the mountain that you want to see in the regular season. Going, starting not so great, and then going up, 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 up. And then, so you need the regular season to prepare for the playoffs. So the refs need to call consistently throughout. So if they wanna, they if they wanna stop the physical, I think some games they were like picking a point to stop the physicality so early that they were like calling fouls before they were happening. Like Patrick Beverly. He's always a culprit. Like he's always getting called for. I mean, he's physical. He's definitely physical. But I want to see him on the court, and I don't want to see them getting the bonus at the end of the first quarter. And I can't. Some of these Memphis kings they can't watch.
1: Well, how about Game Four of that series where everybody on the Grizzlies had two fouls in the first quarter? All their main players. I mean, Taylor Jenkins went crazy in the post game as he should have. It was nuts. The whole thing was crazy.
0: Yeah, the, the refs, do, I think they just need to let them play because it, this is playoff basketball. It's ext- it's extremely physical. If all five guys are fouling, you can't call it on all five guys. You need to let them play, you know? Now, the one thing I'll good. say
1: about the referees in their defense, especially with that series, with the Carl Anthony Towns stuff, like his dumbass fouls are fouls. They are fouls, he, fouls he does, and they should be called.
0: He does unnecessary stuff. He needs to be smarter because – He's picking up like fouls, like over the backs, and like just dumb, dumb things. He doesn't need grotesque.
1: To do. His for a guy as talented as he is, his basketball IQ is is gross.
0: Yeah, he, he, he absolutely needs gross. Up. Yeah, he needs to clean up. And he's, he's a been in the league
1: long enough where he should know better. And it's, it's yeah, embarrassing. It's, it's, it's really it's his embarrassing. first
0: playoff. It's his first playoff, so you definitely see the excitement in him. And he had a few... well, hold on. No,
1: hold on one second. You forgot that they made the playoffs in 2018, the Jimmy Butler year, before Jimmy Butler went AWOL. Oh, wow. (laughs) They were the eighth seed. And if you remember, Butler missed a lot of time, and they were basically on pace to be the three or four seed. Butler missed like six straight weeks, and then they fell to the eighth seed. They beat Denver in what was essentially a play-in game, like the last game of the season, which was – actually a really exciting game if you think about it which kind of gave birth to the play-in tournament which
0: right
1: while it's not perfect i i think it's overall been a success but anyway yeah the refereeing has been tough and but carl anthony town should know better but that's not the major story that's not what we want to talk about first even though we did let's talk about the brooklyn nets the brooklyn nets so You're watching the game last night. They're getting swept. The final buzzer sounds. Kudos to them for for having a little bit of stones for trying to come back, even though Jason Tatum fouled out on a bogus offensive foul that let them back in the game. But whatever. Thanks for coming out, Brooklyn Nets. What were your first thoughts?
0: My first thoughts is what – I'm just so focused on, because I think it's a superstar league. I'm so focused on Kyrie and KD and just like how they respond, how they would respond how in the fourth quarter, they would step up and kind of how they would have a monster game. LeBron, anytime he was down in the count, no matter what you could say about LeBron, most of the time he would have a crazy, crazy response game. And he he did it against the Celtics many times in his career, for example. Um, Katie, does he scored a bunch last night? But it didn't seem like he was like scoring when it really mattered. He missed the free throw. He missed a, a three. I think the play before that would have been huge. And um, they, and Kyrie was just totally non-existent in every game except for Game One, where after Game One you're like, this guy is one of the most talented guards of all time. Look at the Celtics defense, and he still can't be stopped. And then he just didn't come to work the next three games. And it didn't seem like they were chilling. Like, it, it bothers me so much. Katie and Kyrie are just, they're okay. You know, there was no, there was no, like, urgency from them. There was no, there was no freaking out. I mean, like, we're getting swept. Like, this is embarrassing. No, we're the only team in the first round of the playoffs that are getting swept. And they had no pride. They just, you see them in the postgame and they just like, Kyrie's just like, yeah, I'm going to help co-manage this team. And he's like, maybe I'm a distraction. But he's alluding to the fact that he doesn't think the roster makeup is, and that's the reason they lost. Um, he didn't say we lost because we no regular season um, continuity or games together. The only guy I feel bad for is Goran Dragic. He came to ball, and and Seth Curry too. And I feel really bad for Seth, Seth Curry also because he was in a great situation with Philly playing with Embiid, and he, I feel like he he almost hit every shot I saw him take, and he I mean it's 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 tough.
1: All right, so let's start with Kevin Durant, all right, because there's a lot of meat on the bone for Kyrie Irving. Let's start with Kevin Durant. Does this affect your opinion as a basketball fan of Kevin Durant in terms of his standing in the league, in terms of his legacy? Oh, by the way, just for everybody who knows, uh, who isn't aware, I should say, the GMs were polled before the – NBA's regular season on who's going to win the title and the Nets got 70% of the answers that the Nets are going to win the title and even as a seventh seed they were one of the betting favorites to win the title but 4-0 sweep at the hands of the Boston Celtics get the fuck out of here okay sorry I uh, I took some uh you know no, I, I digressed a little bit but your thoughts on Kevin Durant's legacy and standing in the league after this um, after this performance.
0: Kevin Durant's 33 years old, and I've been waiting for his – and that's not like, oh, you're too old to still be good at basketball, so don't give me the old stuff. Um, I've been waiting his whole career. He had a great start with the Thunder. He took them to the finals when they were too young to be there. That was awesome. And then it looked like he was. they traded away hard on the Thunder, uh, stupid move, whatever. But I was waiting his whole career for him to really, really be the guy and do it. So he has a series with game six, OKC Warriors. It looks like all's going well for for the, for the OKC to go to the finals. Clay In goes ballistic.
1: And then the Clay Thompson game happens.
0: Yeah, it goes ballistic. Game seven, KD has a very good game, not like a superstar dominant. I'm like, OK, he's still young. Then he goes to the team that beats him, and which basically you could. Hide for ten straight plays in a row is best player in that team, and the offense is going to run itself. And then KD comes. KD played great for the Warriors. You can't you can't take anything away from that. But it, the pressure wasn't really on. It was pretty. It was they were the best one, of the best offensive team of all time. And then I'm like, let's go, Brooklyn. This is his time to lead a team, like all the greats have. All the greats have, have led a team, and this was his time. Three years in the nets. I I know year one he was injured. Fair two he's won one playoff series in three years with the nets and this series he didn't even put up a fight if he would have gone down in seven and or six and been like K, Kyrie didn't come to play but kd fought and kd put up four, 40 plus a game 10 assists because they were double teaming i'm like that, that, that's a guy but he, he didn't fight he he it, he in clueless plays it was the weirdest thing ever the turnovers were destructive you could argue that he lost maybe one or two games to them because of the turnovers. I felt like every single time he turned over Marcus Smart was going on the other end for a layup or something like it was destructive so yes it tarnishes um Katie's legacy for me absolutely
1: so there's a lot to unpack here um obviously the time with the thunder now Durant has had some unlucky years obviously they made that that title run in 2012 and those games were closer uh against the heat than we remember obviously they got blown out in game five but those games were close right they were in all those games and and Durant was going toe-to-toe with lebron when lebron was really at his at like his apex you can make that argument uh, and then you have the 2014 series, or I should say season, the postseason. Durant is having a, a big year. I, I And I think West, that was the year Westbrook got taken out by Patrick Beverly on the knee injury. So 2016 happens. And even though Durant had a, a nice game in Game 7, like – and I know Clay Thompson went off in Game 6. But if you go back to Game 5 and Game 6 and watch those games, like Durant was – Really, really quiet to the point yeah. where he couldn't even get himself open to get the ball. Like on simple V cuts, and you're just looking like, yeah, I know, like, guys are being physical with him, but come on, like, right. go get the ball. And and Rick Bucher started to question Durant's dog mentality. And it was kind of a little ridiculous then. Because you're just like, this guy is this guy's doing it. And sometimes Westbrook you know, has a tendency, and we've seen him over the years just take bad shots and try and play hero ball, but at least Westbrook went down swinging, right? Like, Durant sometimes looks like when – and, again, it's infrequent, but it's looked in the past, and this series for sure, like, it looked like he wasn't, like, going down swinging. He just allowed Jason Tatum – again, and he's ascending. We'll get to him in a second, but he allowed Tatum to basically – get in his head and completely dominate him completely to the point where it's like even with this nets dynamic it's kind of like kyrie irving is the guy who's driving the bus right he's kind Good. of the the straw that stirs the drink and you don't want that if you're the nets right you can't have that if you're the nets because the only time kyrie irving's been really successful. Is when he was playing alongside LeBron, and LeBron was the guy who was stirring the drink. Mm-hmm. Now, again, all the credit in the world to Durant for how he played last postseason, right? Last year, going toe to toe with Giannis. We get the size, like whatever, a half a size smaller foot. They're maybe going to the NBA Finals. But my goodness, this was not, this was not a good look. Not a good look at all. And it turns out that. Maybe it's a lot harder to win a title when you're not riding the coattails off of Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson with an infrastructure that was already there where he could basically float in and out of games. Yeah, he had monster games against LeBron in the finals. Yes, he did. No question. But with Curry and Thompson, like that makes your life a lot easier. And now it's like we won him, as you said to be that dude who takes you over the hump. Yeah. And and the thing that annoys
0: me is in the regular season, everyone's like, he's about, be- it's his league. It's not LeBron's league anymore. He's the best player in the league. Well, hold I, know on, you're, I, know you're, I know you're saying Giannis. I know you're saying Giannis, Thank you. but he, uh, it's either Duran or Giannis is in camp for the best player in the league. And then what? he comes out and you ever play against those pickup players who like used to be D1. And now they're like out of shape, but they're like, they, and they don't care that you're owning them because they're like, I used to be D1, I'm I'm fine, like I don't care. Sure. That's what Brand felt against Tatum, like, he, like he doesn't care that he was owning. Them. He's like, I, I, he like feels like, oh, I'm I'm good, like I, I'm the guy in this league, like, it's earned, not given, man. Like I, I just, it was, yeah. and it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like you were just missing shots. So once again, the turnovers, uh, the this, the weird play after weird play, not being in it is is at 32 years old in your career, not having that competitive drive in a playoff
1: series. And the field. box and the box scores can be misleading, right? The box scores can be misleading sometimes. And, and the box score looked okay last night in game four. But if you're right. watching the game, you can tell that there's something just not there. And the box scores in games two and three did not look very good. Right. You we know, got to the line a bunch for 20 free throws, but the shooting was not there. It's just... Uh, you just expect more, right? You expect more. I know Jason Tatum is great, and he's and he's had an unbelievable stretch right now for the last four months where, quite frankly, he's been better than Kevin Durant the last four months of the year and in his playoffs. But if you're Kevin Durant and, and you want to have this standing in the league, like, you can't allow this. You can't. 100%. 100%. Makes and, no sense. And the debate between who the best player in the league is now, like that is over and done with. It's over and done with because it's Giannis.
0: Yeah. You know, it's going to be cool to see Giannis versus the Celtics because the Celtics are going to be the best possible defense to guard Giannis in this entire playoffs because they're going to throw Horford on him. They're going to throw a wall on Giannis and, I'm I'm confident that Giannis is still gonna play awesome and he's gonna fight. He's gonna fight. He, that's even, that's he, it right there. You just nailed, even he, even he nailed if even if, they wall, even if they wall him off, Giannis is gonna go into the post and just and either scoop up offensive rebounds of, of his teammates or just get the ball. He's gonna score. He's gonna get to the free throw line 20
1: times. He's gonna he's going to just by sheer will, he, he would never allow that. He would never right. allow that. And right. it's, it's just disappointing to see. But we kind of give Durant a, a little bit of a pass because, again, he he did go toe-to-toe with LeBron in the finals and outplayed him. He did have last year's performance. A guy we're not going to give a, as much of a pass to because he's been living on one shot for his entire career, and right now he's basically Steve Francis with better PR, is Kyrie Irving.
0: Hmm.
1: All right. And Kyrie Irving, who, you know, I get like, listen, the vaccination thing, I don't want to get into the political debate about, you know, whether you should or you shouldn't. Like, that's a personal choice. And to his credit, he made a personal choice. And he, you know, suffered for it. Because he he did get fined for games he didn't play, right, at home. And like, at least he made a stand. But then after the game, For him to get on stage at a press conference and say, well, we didn't have a lot of time together. Now it's after game three, might I add. And then finally after game four, acknowledging maybe I was a bit of a distraction with this whole thing. Like, oh, you think, you think, bud. But what makes the Kyrie Irving thing so interesting is twofold. One, the fact that he's so immensely talented and you saw in game 1 like there are not a lot of guys who can do what he does yet when he hasn't played with lebron james he's a career losing player he's a career losing player right, right. two he's never available take a, take this covid thing out of it you know he's missed a lot of games in the last 5 years i think like 160 games the last 5 years and three He's got a player option in the offseason. So either you can pick up the option or he can decline the option, and the Nets are going to be faced with the choice of giving him a big extension or not. I ask you, if you're the Nets front office, what do you do?
0: I mean, their their hands are tied, so it's obvious. What should What, what do I think they should do? I, I don't think they should pay him that much money. I don't think they should. Re- I think they should say, say goodbye. But because, as you said, he's a career losing player. If you look at the teams that you're, you're trying to build, like you're not trying to just sneak one in there for one year, you're trying to build something. And in building something, look at the, the, you have to have the personalities of a winner. You need to have, look at the Bucks. They, they're all selfless, hard nosed, tough players who are super talented. Look at the Warriors. They're unselfish. Like I'm talking about teams that are trying to build franchises. Kyrie Irving is not a franchise player, as seen from his post-LeBron era. He comes to play every few games, picks his moment. Everyone's like, "This guy's insane," because he really is insanely talented. But you got to use that talent. Like they needed him last night, and he was quiet for. He had some spots in the fourth quarter, like, "Oh, Kyrie's coming, coming alive." But he just was so uninvolved it was was crazy and he's so unaware so personality there's something going on there that I I can't comment to what's happening but it just doesn't make sense but their hands are tied so they're gonna they're gonna resign him um so it was I'm just like what's the the point of even thinking about it because Katie's gonna take him back their friend so the Nets have to respond what should they what do I think they should do I think the defense was Swiss cheese They literally especially Kyrie. It's how easy did it look to get by Kyrie like Jalen Brown at will in the fourth quarter was just getting by Kyrie hitting pull-ups in his face, didn't matter. I think they need a center who could protect the rim and shoot.
1: Oh, you don't think throwing in Jared Allen into the James Harden trade when they didn't have to do it? You don't think that just bit them in the ass?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 100 percent They some of course it did. They had some good assets to that. Um, of course, and I think they need a guy like like who could protect the rim and shoot threes. Why shoot threes? Because you're looking at the future of this franchise, and you're saying I, you got to just hope that Ben Simmons is going to play. You can't t- say you're going to get zero for for but you're a, a dollar. You're going to say maybe fifty cents for Harden, but a dollar, let's say. Um, you need Ben Simmons to play, and if Ben Simmons is the only non-shooter on the court, that's fine. But you can't have Ben Simmons on the five. You need to have a more physical lineup than it. You can't just have KD at the um, – KD not, doesn't want to protect the rim or rebound at the four if he's not going to do those things. So you need you need bigger guys to contend with Horford. It seems like every single time anyone in the Celtics wanted to go there and they got to the rim, if they missed, they got their own offensive rebound. Like, the Nets just can't get stopped. They need some physicality. You don't just win with small guards. Look at the look at the breakdown of the league. Like the, the you need bigger guards who are long and strong, gonna play defense for a championship team. Like Patty Mills, I, I love him. I, I, he's really a great shooter, but he, he's not gonna win a championship. You could afford one of those guys in your lineup, maybe two to push it. Seth Curry's fit a little fit bigger, so maybe you have Kyrie, Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, KD, and and a and a, and a big you could maybe you get um. Spurs center, Jacob Portel, what's the name? Jacob um, Pertle. Jacob Pirtle or Miles Turner. someone who could like kind of stretch the floor, play some physical defense. Um The Nets have some assets. They have Edward. They have some draft picks. Some I don't guys. know.
1: They don't have a tremendous amount of assets. They traded a lot of that stuff. No, I'm sorry. I, I take that back. They got back a couple of picks.
0: Yeah, uh, they got, got some picks. It. Yeah, so maybe – I don't know. <laughs>
1: But the point with Kyrie is, and you and you said it correctly. And I was actually listening to Ryan Rasilla before we got on, and you talking about bad partners, bad business partners, because the NBA is all about a. You know, they say sports is a business, right? Sports is a business, and the league has become, you know, sports has become so player friendly, right? You know, it's it's about the players. It's it's the players' league. Well, guess what? Like when. The, the players have, have taken this to a point of almost, like, no return. And this is a, a bigger issue, and specifically with Ben Simmons. But, yeah. like, the players have taken this to a point of no return where they expect to get paid without actually playing, right? Like, Ben Simmons is filing a grievance with the uh, the Sixers and the league to recoup money that they find him, which is absurd, which is absolutely absurd. Kyrie Irving you know, pulls a lot of shit too, right? So, but for him specifically, again, if KD wants him back, he's going to have him back, right? If Kyrie Irving declines the option, KD says we're going to run it back, then they're going to sign him to the the max extension. But like, I wouldn't, you know, it. I would hope that he picked up his option and just play it out year by year because I wouldn't want to give him a long-term extension. And at some point, the general managers and and owners are gonna have to stand up and be like, we don't care if we lose the asset, right? We don't care. Like, look at what happened in football, like the Washington, well now commanders, right? When Kirk Cousins was up for a contract extension and he's a quarterback, you know, average quarterback serviceable, those guys don't really hit the market or at least up until then and, and this year it kinda went crazy. But they, those guys don't hit the market, right? They're like, nah, we're good. We don't care if we lose the asset. We're fine. We'll we'll figure it out a, a different way. And it it's on the NBA general managers and the front offices to grow some stones and really stand up and be like, yeah, we don't care. We don't care. We'll we'll allocate our cap space to somewhere else. And I get it. Guys that talented are a rare commodity. But at a certain point, you got to just be like, no, no.
0: And Kyrie would be
1: the perfect person to do it with. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you're winning with Kyrie. So let me ask you this. And he's a knucklehead too. And we'll get to him with his current situation. But was James Harden a little bit vindicated about this Nets thing?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean... I guess he saw the writing on the wall. Um, it's interesting. That I, I try to think about like if they had him, how he would have helped. But then I'm like, oh, they probably would have put those one of those amazing defenders, and Harden wouldn't be able to blow by like Brown or Tatum or or Smart. So one of them probably would have been able to lock him up. Um, yeah, he's vindicated. Ben Simmons. I, I don't know what's going on. This might be like the worst like management of a player I've ever seen in my life. I'm so confused. I. Can't tell you what's going on. No matter, even if you told me the reason, I, I don't understand why he can't play. Um, if if he's fine, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't get what's happening. And yeah, I mean, I guess hard, the Nets got absolutely zero. I mean, they got Seth Curry, which I love Seth Curry, um, which is great. But they, they got zero for their star. Basically, their star, the star for star move. Harden's least playing. <laughs>
1: this is like this has a chance to be the biggest lose lose trade. The first lose-lose trade in NBA history. What do you make of Steve Nash out of all this? Do you, th- uh, do you think – is he the guy to go? Um, um, I mean, he's the best guy, so I don't think he's going to
0: Yeah, go. it's like so the same – I don't know. You can't tell if his hands are tied because it's such a weird team that, like, if he if he steps on – he's a, tread a, 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 a thin line because of how sensitive everyone is and if he tries to run one play, like, how sensitive – I don't. He definitely didn't do a good job. Like they just isolated every single time and didn't run any action to help KD or help Kyrie get an open shot. Um, So they made it seems like zero. Not many adjustments besides maybe putting Blake Griffin into the game, which offensively kind of worked out. Defensively, eh, not at all. Um, Yeah, (laughs) he was really tired too. Maybe a little too tired for guy looks that jacked. Um, But. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he did a good job, but I, I, it's hard to judge because I, I do – like it's hard uh, – someone once told me never judge a locker room because you don't know what's going on inside, and I never really listened to that advice until maybe this situation because it was probably so delicate and sensitive for what these guys are dealing with, and they didn't have a team the whole season, so.
1: Is Steve Nash Eric Spolstra? No. No. Is he Greg Popovich in his prime? No. Is he even Mike Budenholzer at his best? Regular season Budenholzer? No. But Steve Nash had to deal with a lot of crap. A lot, a lot of crap coaching this team, especially this year. So I don't think this is on Steve Nash. This is on the players, and and they're kind of running amok right now in this organization. And it begs to differ. And you've seen this. You know, with the Lakers, with LeBron having his tentacles everywhere. You've seen this with the Clippers, with Kawhi and Paul George. You've seen this to some degree with the Nets. It's like these franchises who've given so much power to all these guys. The return's not there. And at a certain point, they, the franchises, general managers, ownership group, all that, if you have to say to these guys, listen, you guys are players. Play. Play. Right, we'll take care of the rest. It's just, it, it's an interesting, high-level basketball conversation that's going to come up when the next, next collective bargaining agreement is around, where like they're going to have something in place to stop this Ben Simmons nonsense in in its tracks.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Gonna it's have... going to It's going to be hard and delicate, but it, but I hope so. I hope you're right.
1: My favorite part talk. of the whole Ben Simmons thing, and now we're gonna move on to Boston because Boston de- deserves a lot of credit here because not just for this series, but for what they've done the last three months or so. But I love it how, you know, originally it was uh Ben Simmons, it's not just his back, but it's also his mental health. And like after the charade of him coming back for game three and possibly and more likely game four, and then him basically sitting out. Well, I think everybody kind of Decided that Ben Simmons was full of shit when he was talking about his mental health not being there, right? Which someone, myself, said months ago, but whatever. All right. So the Celtics, the Celtics take care of business, right? On a scale of one to 10, how impressed were you by them in this series? 10, I,
0: I, you could focus on their offense and they do some great things. Um, Tatum's a stud. But I, I, I've never seen defense like this. Like maybe the 08 Celtics with KG running that team, but I don't even think so because the NBA was a lot different then and they had two bigs and Perkins and KG. This team is so impressive that I've never seen a team like that, that's big but could also switch and guard everything. I've never seen it before. So if you get Al Horford, well, the old four
1: Pistons were like that. They were able to switch, like their bigs, like Rashid Wallace yeah. and Ben Wallace, were able to switch. But it wasn't as perimeter oriented. But is the, it the
0: is game bad. now is so different, where you could yeah. have a guy, a seven footer like Kevin Durant, shoot from almost a half, like a really deep three, and Al Horford could get out there with him. And then when KD makes a quick move, when he tries to do that quick pull-up, boom, he's right there with him. So there was no, there was no mismatches, which I i never you see if you watch every series watch tonight, everyone's just hunting mismatches. That's the name of the game. Yep. Completely Trey attractive. Young's
1: getting getting hunted, right?
0: Yeah. Funny, is getting in a, hunted.
1: In the Pelicans series, you know, the Pelicans went after Chris Paul, and Chris Paul's a good defender. Like they went after him, right? Yeah. Like we, we see it all the time. And yep. like Donovan Mitchell is getting hunted. But there's no one on Boston. Who you're like? We're gonna hunt these guys and either get them in pick and roll action, or or straight ISOs because the Celtics defense is able to shut down ISOs and all their defenders are able to switch.
0: Yeah, it it's it's crazy. I don't even think Al Horford could do this like three year two years ago. This kind of I don't know what is in the water there, but I didn't know Tatum was a good defender either. Like I, I, I thought he was like okay. He's a decent defender. He's an awesome defender. I've never seen anyone guard KD better. Blocked his shot. I've only seen Giannis. A couple
1: of times. The only <laughs> other guy I've seen block KD's shot was Giannis. Yes,
0: yeah, exactly. And Giannis is Giannis. Right. This is it's it's crazy. And I'm so curious to see how they're gonna guard the Bucks. I think they're gonna do an incredible job. And I love I I love the Bucks these days. I know last year. I know a long time. Followers of the show know I was down in the Bucks last year, but I love everything that they're about now. Um, and I, I'm worried for the Bucks. It's going to be really hard to score, especially if they don't have Middleton, which is kind yeah. of their, their creator. The,
1: yeah, the Middleton thing is a wild card. But back to the Celtics for a second. And and I wouldn't have voted Marcus Smart Defensive Player of the Year, but it starts there, right? Who so would if, you have voted? I would have voted Jaron Jackson Jr., I think that's what I said on my last show because, like, the blocks and the and the steals and the rim protection was so elite. Even if he didn't play that many minutes because he's undisciplined with the fouls, I would have voted him. There were a lot of good candidates. I would have I would have voted Giannis. I think it was more Spart- about
0: like I like it because it's like picking the best defender on the best defensive team, which is kind of the who they pick the MVP sometimes, and and right. it's kind of like I like it and and smart. His offensive game went from like like last year, when the Knicks would plan and be like, please Marcus Smart shoot, please Marcus Smart shoot. That's the only thing I want to end the possession with. To like, he couldn't be stopped in that series. Like they could not defend him. He'd get to the rim at will.
1: Well, and also just his general sense of of you know what he needs to do on the floor, and his IQ just went up a crazy level, right? You you saw it at the end of game one where he had the presence of mind to pump fake
0: yeah.
1: and, and see Tatum on the cut for the game-winning layup, right? Last year, Marcus Smart, who was traditionally an I got this guy, who no one really wanted him to be an I got this guy, would take that shot. and You'd live with it. and And it wasn't like a terrible look, but like something changed with him offensively. But going back to the defense thing for a second, because the Celtics, even in this series, struggled offensively at points. The defense, it starts with smart being able to just like fight over screens and switch when they want to, and, and Tatum Brown and, and Derek White when he's in there, he's a good defender. Like they don't have an elite rim protector. Yeah, Robert Williams is good, but like, you know, I, I still don't you can't you can't, all,
0: you can't you can't get to the to the rim
1: all the way. Yeah, you can't get to the rim. They shut it down before you get there. It's incredible.
0: I mean that's what they're going to try to do to Giannis because they know once he hits the rim he, he's unstoppable. But they're going to try to wall him off. It'll be it'll be very, very. But I don't
1: easy. think they'll be able to push the Bucks around like they were able yeah. to push the Nets but around.
0: Also, like the Nets are an awesome offensive team. They're all they were hitting some really tough shots. They had shooters like they're not an easy team to defend. And the Celtics made it look really easy. So it's gonna it's gonna be. It's incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm blown
1: away. Let me ask you about Tatum for a second. Uh, a guy I have to apologize for again. Um, I, I thought that he was supremely overrated. I thought in the beginning of the year, everything was like his moves on offense were just unnecessary and everything was for the highlights. Everything was for the gram, right? This Celtics team had been 500 for two years prior and just disappointing. And I thought he was a big part of that. I thought that if you had to choose one, if you're breaking them up, I'd actually trade Tatum. Not necessarily because I thought Jalen Brown was better, but because you get a better trade package for Tatum. Because everybody kept telling you what Tatum could be. What Tatum could be. Well, it turns out he's turning into what everybody said he was and a little bit more. So I apologize, Jason Tatum. So I ask you, where do you have him in the hierarchy of the NBA right now?
0: Easily top 10. Like, that's obvious. Could sneak into, like, tops. I haven't done my list. I, I, try, I did top 10 last week, but I didn't narrow in order. But he is on both ends, big forward. Seems like he could score whenever he wants to. The biggest I mean he completely changes game. He used to do like that one extra move where you're like, dude, just go to the basket and and put your shoulder down. You're ginormous. And he would do like the little like fancy spin move, as you yep. said, for the grand. Mid-season to change his game, mid-season to change his mentality on passing, mid-season to play defense like this. It's it's incredibly impressive. He is. So good. And I love his mentality. Also, it's like, it's like kind of, it's not, it's obviously not going to see the competitive level of Kobe, maybe from anyone ever again, but it's like, it's like a quiet, uh, maybe not even so quiet assassin, you know, and I love it. That's what I love. I'm not like, I'm not like, he's not here to make friends. He's here. He's here to win basketball. I I loved it. And he's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. In terms of the hierarchy of the league, Besides for Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, Curry. Doncic. Yeah, still. Well, and we'll get to Luka in a second. I don't think there and, – and I'd still give the edge to Durant just because of he's been doing it longer.
0: Tough to say, but yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> I don't – I'm not sure there's anybody better than him right now. So, if you're counting, that's seven. Right. He's he's squarely at seven, and you can make the case that he could be as high as four.
0: Yeah. It's
1: nuts. Absolutely nuts. So, I apologize to Jason Tatum. Absolutely apologize to Jason Tatum. He, he you know, made a fool out of me. Next I want to take transition. notes. Big, yeah, big guys ahead. that can handle the ball. Big guys that can handle
0: the ball. That's the future. Next take notes.
1: Well, that's actually a good segue because there is a certain player on the radar of a Jazz maverick series that is definitely on the Knicks radar, and that's Donovan Mitchell, right? Last night was an absolute disaster for the Jazz, just a mess, right? They didn't make any threes. Okay, fine. Sometimes that happens. Looking at this series from a whole, as a Knicks fan, and I am I've been a Donovan Mitchell guy. What should we make of Donovan Mitchell? Is this a case of this jazz thing just has a stink to it and if he got out of that situation and looked better? Or should there be some concerns that he's kind of teetering closer to the Westbrook hero stuff as opposed to the Dwayne Wade stuff that we were so excited about earlier on in his career?
0: Yeah. I'm so like back and forth on him. Cause I was obviously like everyone else so excited about him when he first came onto the scene and just crushed it. And now, I mean, it seems like he's obviously in a toxic situation. So I always am the fan of like, when you take someone out of a toxic situation and it's not, they're not the reason it's toxic that like they could really, really, like you take Wiggins and put him on the Warriors. Wiggins is an all-star. Um, so I'm always a fan of that, but just like, if I'm the Knicks, am I going to commit my future to Donovan Mitchell? That just doesn't feel right to me. Like, I don't know if he's the guy that's going to lead us to championship. Um, I, you might call me crazy. You might call me too patient. It's just like, let's keep, let's build organically. We're, we, you know, what we actually do a good job of we, I mean, you speak about this a bunch. Is like, we do a good job of drafting. Let's, Bit. Look at the look at the Raptors. are drafting big, long guards, and I'm going to keep pointing out big, long people who could shoot the basketball, who could play, who could play some physical basketball. That's a future. I don't. I, and let's be patient. If like someone call, like would I even take Zion now? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so.
1: Well, like, that we'll get to that in a sec. In in a little bit, but just just focusing on Mitchell for a second. I, I've always been a Donovan Mitchell guy because I saw him as a rookie out duel you know, Westbrook and Paul George when they were really, really good in a playoff series as a rookie. Um, I, I would generally err on the side of he's an all NBA caliber player. When those guys come available, you try and get them again. Again, depending on what the ancillary pieces are, you don't want to give up like the you know everything, but you try and get those guys, right? Because they don't come <laughs> around that often. But I'm a little I'm a little nervous about his his um at the end at the end of shot clocks of him just like trying to do it all himself. And yeah, he had a disaster shooting night last night. He's had a disaster shooting series from three this playoff series. I would still take a chance because he's young enough and immensely talented. And we've seen him perform well in playoff games. And maybe he just needs to get rid of this, you know, this jazz stink, this stale jazz team and get away from Rudy Gobert. But if you asked me three months ago, I would have been way more gung-ho about it for the Knicks than if you asked me now. And maybe we'll be able to get him on a discount per se now because it, it's looked bad, you know, for for a little bit now. Even if the Jazz were like third in, in point differential and net rating and all these, you know, different things, it's it's looked bad. So who knows?
0: I mean, yeah, if we get him for a discount, I'll take it. But to commit my whole franchise to him, I
1: still stand that that scares me a little. On the flip side, the Mavericks. Now, Lucas been Lucas put has put up insane, insane numbers, right? Just and he was sensational last night. Like I I just want to read something off. Nick Wright tweeted this, and I'm gonna pull it up in a second. So bear with me. Um Hold on, I'm gonna find it. He basically tweeted out Lucas playoff games in all of their um, you know, in the box scores. Okay. So Lucas games, game logs, game one, he had 42, 7 and 9. Game two, 28, 8, and 7. Game three, left with an injury, 13, 10, and 10. But again, left with an injury. Game four. 43, 17, and 13 with a buzzer beater. Game 5, 22, 8, and 4. Game 6, 38, 9, and 9. Game 7, 31, 10, and 11. Game 8, 39, 7, and 7. Game 9, 44, 9, and 9. Game 10, 19, 6, and 6. Game 11, 42, 8, and 14. Game 12, 29, 8, and 13. Game... 13, 46, 7, and 13. By the way, it's points, rebounds, assists, for those who are curious. Game 14, 30, 10, and 4. And game 15 last night, 33, 13, and 5. Wild. Pretty crazy, right? Those are pretty crazy numbers. However, however, I pose this question to you because we have seen over the history of the NBA that teams With a heliocentric star, like the way the Mavericks play with Luka Doncic, don't win big in the playoffs. Harden never won big in the playoffs playing that way. Kobe never won big in the playoffs playing that way. Michael Jordan never won big in the playoffs playing that way. So while the numbers are gaudy, and they are, and it's not his fault that he hasn't been out of the first round. There's been circumstances. There have been injuries. He, he hasn't been favored in any of these series, right? It's not like he's playing with the best supporting cast. However, now that Jalen Brunson has turned into a guy, right? I'm not saying he's a star, but he's a guy, especially a guy who can take the load off and you know have Luka play off the ball a little bit more. Do you think that Luka and the Mavericks need to change the way they play to ultimately win big in the NBA,
0: I think you have the. I think your view on it is based on Harden, but it who was like you like failed in this way, and Luca's just head and shoulders above Harden.
1: Sure, Luca's better now than Harden ever was. No question.
0: Yeah. And the biggest thing, so it doesn't work with a guy like Kobe and Michael because they were scorers, they were getting me buckets. So was Luca, but. Luca's an amazing – it's a kind of like the LeBron fit where you just want the ball in his hands as much as possible because he's going to make the right play. And he's such a good passer, and he's so good at – he really helped Jalen Brunson score. He'll give it up to Jalen Brunson early to, to do his thing, and he'll, get, he'll get, let Jalen Brunson um, get him maybe on the move a little to open up his game a little more. I think Luca is such a good passer, and the way he runs that team, it's just the most efficient way – to, to, to play for that team with the roster he has. Also, maybe if, like, for example, like maybe if he had like a better post threat, they could like take the load off him, throw him into the post, or maybe they had a better wing threat, he just throw it there. But I think he's doing the best he can. And I think it's really been successful because the two teams he's lost to in the playoffs have been the Clippers with Kawhi, which are teams that could, maybe would have won the championship, people say. I mean, obviously, they had that one chance where they lost the Nuggets in the bubble. But last year people were saying like they would have won the championship um, or been there. Um, so, and he did really, really, really well against them and against Beverly who showing that he could lock down legit superstars. Um, so I think it's the best way that they should play. I think they're going to be really successful in this playoffs. I think they're going to take down the jazz. And I, I mean, I think they could take if The Suns don't get it together. Take down the Suns as well. Um, and they're a dangerous team. I've said it all season. They're a dangerous team. You don't want to play in the playoffs. I really like that getting rid of our guy, Pertingas, was a was a great move. Dinwiddie is a it's a great piece, um, great good energy, um, really good score. And I, I think that the way Luca plays is exactly the way they need him to play. And I think that's gonna be proven successful in the playoffs
1: this year. Okay, that all that is fair. I would just caution though, again basketballs is, is a game of of feel right guys want to feel like they're involved so okay. dudes just standing around waiting for one guy to do everything for them that doesn't work as LeBron, as, LeBron, LeBron
0: did it
1: but again it did it, when LeBron was winning titles right that wasn't the case with the heat right now again he was playing with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch so it was different like they didn't win that way with the heat he didn't win that way with the Cavs because Kyrie Irving, you know, was was doing his thing as as well. And yeah, it was a little bit more ISO heavy, but it, it just looked a little different. I, I I agree with you that he's that he's able to get guys more involved than say a James Harden. And you could tell that like Chris Paul had wanted nothing to do with the Harden experience at, you know, after a while. And he was like, (laughs) people are calling me washed up. Like I can still do some things. And we saw that with Oklahoma city the next year. Right. Right. But it's just, you know, I would love to see him just sacrifice a little bit of the usage and a little bit of the numbers. And maybe this is on the coach to get it done. To just make guys more involved, like empower Brunson even more, right? Like make sure guys are just moving, that they're not just standing still and getting ready for him for a catch and shoot attempt because guys are going to get cold like that. And those shots aren't going to go in in big games. So I'm not dumping on Luca, Like that's not what this is. I just, I'm not sure the way they play is ever going to result in a finals appearance right now. Let's and again, there are other factors involved, right? There's there's the yeah. there's the fact that the league right now is really stacked and their teams no, are I, really good.
0: Let's see. Let's, I think this I think I think them beating Jazz this this easily, let's say, is a a credit to that they're playing really good basketball. And let's see how they do against the Suns also. That'll be If they take the Suns to seven or even just beat the Suns, depending on where Booker is. Let's, let's see, or maybe even the Pelicans.
1: <laughs> well, that's a good transition. Speaking of the the Suns, Pelicans.
0: I'm crushing the transition. There, by the way,
1: <laughs> unbelievable! Your transitions are fantastic. Uh so Devin Booker goes out with a uh, a hamstring strain, is out two to three weeks. Not great. Right now, it's it, the series is tied two two with Game Five tonight as we record this. So I ask you two questions. One. Can the Pelicans actually pull this off? I should say three questions. One, can the Pelicans actually pull this off? Two, is Chris Paul the most snake-bitten great player ever in terms of luck? And three, if you're the Pelicans right now with Zion Williamson, would you really entertain trading Zion Williamson this offseason?
0: Awesome question. I think, one, I think the Pelicans could win this series. I think Phoenix could, you know, because, first of all, they could obviously win this because 2-2. Second of all, the Suns are going to have to really, really step it up and play better D. And, I mean, it's a tough team to defend. Ingram, Cabal, McCollum is a certified, and I mean certified scorer. Um, it's a tough team to defend, so the Suns really have to lock in. Chris Paul needs to have a monstrous game, which I don't know if he could do consistently night out to be the number one guy right now at this stage oh, he, in his did, he
1: did it game one and he did it game three.
0: I know, but game one he he played great. Booker was but he, there. Booker oh. played most of it, but last game he was pretty bad. And and they're playing really physical. So and they're challenging him on defense also.
1: How Two about Alvarado?
0: He, I love that a sneak guy. Attack
1: move that worked and forcing an eight-second violation.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, is he the snake? The snake most sneak bitten? Co- uh, yeah, because if you think about it. Like I compare a lot of times, like Chris Paul to Steve Nash, and I'd like actually like discuss this with you one day. Who will like really like, get the stats and prepare for Like who had, actually a better career, better player? Um, Steve Nash had like one incident where like oh he could have made the finals, and like think like Amari like left the bench, and all his guys got suspended or something. Um, against the Spurs in that series. Um, and and he kind of got snake bitten, but like. Chris Paul, it's like every year, like they're about to beat the Warriors. He hurts his hamstring. Um, like, there's only like one or two two years where you're just like, ah, that was, that was on CP. Um, and he, he's just so close, and everyone wants him to get it. Um, so it, it, it's been tough luck. Yeah, I mean, people, some people, I, I've heard the take that like small point guard just can't last that long in, in the playoffs because eventually it get worn down. Well, it hasn't
1: happened since Isaiah Thomas.
0: Yeah, yeah and, Isaiah and, is a beast. and
1: Chris Paul
0: by we the way we the should add, we should add Steve Nash, Isaiah Thomas and Chris Paul you'd probably take the edge to Isaiah um, So and then three the Zion thing. I, I'm so I love Zion maybe because it's a lefty I, I'm a lefty. it's a lefty I always dreams of being. I can't even, I could can barely even get backboard I'm so on but I I love Zion. I think he's the minutes he's played has just been incredible he's put on more weight but the, the the thing that's gonna keep him healthy get on that plant-based diet these guys who get on this plant-based diet chris paul kyrie irving i mean maybe not kyrie's not a good example but these guys stay on the court you know get get make him lose some weight get get him in the weight room he's awesome i want to and i think this is building a culture that you want to david griffin like he's going to talk about the celtics turning from like a zero to 100 like david Griffin, like. Do, that's what I'm saying with the Knicks, just patient. And, we get the guy.
1: and people clown David Griffin all the time. And I I killed him for stuff, too. But let's be honest. I like, wish you would have
0: kept Lonzo. That's, you know, I wish you would have kept Lonzo because I love Lonzo. Was, that was
1: a terrible decision. Terrible but decision he, to let Lonzo go that made that, no like, sense.
0: McCollum and Ingram's a nice team. Is, you add Zion to that, that's a really, that's like a really good team. You with know, love Zion. Obviously, have never seen it. But.
1: So it's interesting you say adding Zion to the mix because clearly – The Pelicans were awesome last year when Zion was like, you know, point Zion. And as, you know, my guy Ryan Russillo pointed out, Brandon Ingram didn't really enjoy that very much, right? Because he was cast aside and and I get it because it worked, right? And at his peak, Zion is a better player than Brandon Ingram. But given Zion's lack of conditioning, you know, lack of a clean bill of health, let's just say... There are reports that he doesn't necessarily want to be there, and that there's there's maturity issues. If you could get a haul for him, I'd really, really consider it. I'd really consider it because say what you want about C.J. McCollum, and people are talking about that he was a little overrated, that he was overpaid. Meanwhile, the cap is going to go up, that his you know cap number is not going to look as bad. But he's a professional. He's a professional, yeah. and he would look really, really good in a Sixers uniform right now. Um, and we'll get to the Sixers next. But, yeah, no. And is Chris Ball pretty snake bitten? Yes. But also there's a part of me who's like Chris Ball kind of deserves it because when – you know, he has a, uh, a low-key – and it's not even a low-key thing anymore where he's really dirty. And when he gets frustrated – Like, the dirtiness comes out, the chippiness. Like, you saw the foul on Herb Jones, who, by the way, Herb Jones, a revelation. Second-round pick. I mean, credit David Griffin for that. Just awesome. Absolutely awesome. But, yeah, no, I think the Pelicans can pull this off. Obviously, game five is tonight. And it just goes to show you that as great a profile as Phoenix had in the regular season, sometimes matchups are weird and you need luck to win and phoenix was generally pretty healthy last year made the finals 64 wins this year booker goes out and now chris paul is the only real guy who's able to like create for others and make plays like campaign is okay off the bench when you know paired with booker or paired with chris paul but like without booker he doesn't have another guy who can really initiate offense and it's showing up in a big way we'll see what happens tonight but man Credit to the Pelicans, who started out 3-16 and 16 and didn't completely pack it in where everybody was telling them to tank for draft picks. You know what? At a certain Beauty. point, trying yeah. to win games is important.
0: Beauty of the playing game, man.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Beauty of the playing game. So we talk about C.J. McCollum, another transition, who could have been a Philadelphia 76er. Now the Philadelphia 76ers are currently up, were up 3-0. Well, now it's 3-2. And they made a big deal of trading for James Harden, Ben Simmons trade. We've talked about it, but James Harden, let's just say, doesn't look like James Harden of 2017. So, what do you make of this Philadelphia situation?
0: It's it's not looking too. I mean, I thought they were playing pretty. And in fairness, Embiid
1: got hurt, and it's affecting him.
0: It's a yeah, thumb it injury. And Four B got hurt. I'm like, this is a really good team. They're playing. They're actually playing really good D, actually, which I really like. Especially and then to, and then they kind of have like Harden be the distributor with Tobias Harris and Maxi kind of be the the other scorers. And and I, they're up. They're up to something really good. But it's it's really then B not it, um, being hurt. Like this is not good. Really, really not good. Harden is playing pretty pretty bad offensively doesn't seem like he could beat anyone off the dribble dribble I mean I I don't know if you like love this tape but I think the Raptors are actually a really tough team for him because he's never really like length kind of bothers him yeah Um, and he can't really like do a lot of his like the strength or 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 moves to get to the rim um the three-pointers are kind of disaster kind of just seems like he's just throwing up hoping to get fouled so Oh yeah,
1: well, assuming they advance, right? Cuz no team has ever lost being up 3-0 and they play Miami next round cuz we're going <laughs> to pencil Miami in. You don't think Miami has length and tough defenders?
0: Oh, don't get me I, I don't know if you saw my tweet the other day. Miami's before Lowry got injured. And I hope it's just something um something uh, minor, but the hamstring seems to never be minor. Um he he are unbelievable. They, the depth they have, but I what I don't like about them when they get too stuck on Jimmy Ball, where they're just going ISO Jimmy every time, but when they get the ball moving and like they're getting the bam and the, at the high post and then they have Strews coming off the screens and Hero. They have three creators, Lowry, Hero, and Butler. They, they have two unbelievable shooters and Strews and the Duncan Robinson, I know who's not getting so much playing time. They have Vincent who could come in and get buckets. They find guys so,
1: off the scrap heap better than anybody. Yeah.
0: And there's scrappy PJ talker. I love Miami. It's gonna come down to maybe the weaknesses if Jimmy goes to hero ball because I I love Jimmy, but sometimes he goes he's just not well, we just named the top six guys. We didn't name Jimmy, you know? Like But he's he, but
1: he's a top I see I've always said he was a top ten guy because like
0: I don't. I think mean, the team is so good. They're best when Jimmy. I know the Hawks. Like he's going iso and he's going crazy because the Hawks don't At have 45 and
1: 36 in back to back games.
0: Yeah, they they have nothing to guard. Uh, Jimmy.
1: Yeah,
0: the Hawks. So it's the right way to go with it. More iso ball, but when they get the ball moving, when they're playing team ball, they're unbelievable.
1: I. I think. You know, I'm just bummed for Embiid. Because I've always been an Embiid guy. I love yeah. Embiid. I think he's so incredibly good. Like he's this weird mix between Hakeem Olajuwon and Shaq with a three ball. Like he's he's incredible. He's absolutely incredible. And I know. and Daryl Morey's boner for James Harden is basically punting Embiid's prime. It's soft, unless and it, unless. And it, they don't sign James Harden to this Max extension, which they shouldn't because he's not that guy anymore. He isn't. He's he's not. Like, he's a good passer. I get it. But, like, Tyrus Max is their second-best player. That That is clear.
0: You just can't give away nothing for the Simmons pick. That's, it, just, it just sucks. It sucks. Um, and I feel so
1: bad for Embiid. And you know what? If he didn't get hurt with this thing in his hand, the torn ligament in his thumb— He's good enough where it didn't even matter, right? Where yeah, good at, yeah, where he, There was a, a scenario where even though Harden stinks, right? Even though Maxi's too young, right? Even though they gave up tremendous depth to get Harden, where they could have had CJ McCollum and not given up nearly as much depth. Embiid was good enough to carry them to at least the Eastern Conference Finals finals. If it broke. I, no, I love he's it. good enough. Yeah, and it just you know just goes to show you that it, it, the NBA is very fickle, right? Like it it, it takes a, a tremendous combination of competency, good players, and luck to win a title, and it it's sucks. just it it sucks for Embiid, it really does. And it sucks after, for us
0: because we, we yeah. want to see the we want to see the undisputed champion, no injuries, no Devin Booker being out, no Middleton, no Embiid. No Lowry, no Butler. I want everyone playing health, 100% healthy every night, it sucks. Um, and it, it, I, I hope, I don't know, I talked to some people who have dumped in some injuries before, and they're just like, yeah, it's something that, like, never gets better without surgery. Like,
1: And, and he's going to push through it for the playoffs. He's got surgery in the offseason. And, and by next season, we'll be fine. But it's another year where, like, they could have been in the mix to win a title, and they can't win a title. They can't win yeah, a guy like this.
0: With big guys in their prime, there's an, oh, not always a next year. Especially with a guy exactly. like that. Exactly. So you gotta get moving. And exactly.
1: Which is why I never would have made the James Harden trade. Because tying your your franchise big man like Embiid, who's been relatively healthy over the years, you know, since the first three, in terms of like being on the court and having bad injuries, you know, he's had minor stuff, but it's just it's why the NBA is a really, really fickle business. Before I let you go, because we've uh, been on for a bit, and it's been awesome. It, you know, the stuff has been great. Any big predictions for the rest of the playoffs? What do you got?
0: I, I have the Jordan Poole-led Golden State Warriors. Sorry, I just had to say it. Now the Golden State Warriors um, going off, back to the finals. Regardless of Denver Booker going back, that's how, the type of ball I see them playing. They're playing. I love, like, if you, I love this. If you watch it, it's like the on Sunday. They were lo- they were down 10 the entire fourth quarter. And you're just like, I know they're gonna come back and they're probably gonna win. They came back, they ended up winning because uh they ran like a bonehead play to Wiggins at the end. But and then Wiggins missed a wide open tip in that should have won them the game also. But they're unbelievable. They're actually unbelievable. And then in the East, I see the the winner of uh, the Celtics box, take um. Going and then I see uh I see the the Warriors doing it. I just think no one's on their there because when they're playing like that and then they kind of they have this the p- as the option. I don't think Curry's ever had a guy like off the bounce like this. He could just like here, go take oh, the ball.
1: Oh, who looks a lot like Steph Curry? Like seventy-five percent of Steph Curry that they got with the twenty-eighth pick. It's wild. It's wild. So wild.
0: Just stay right. healthy, everyone.
1: Stay healthy, everyone. Yeah, seriously. I, I, I'm having I, the best time. I love the Warriors. I love them going back to the finals. I still think somehow Milwaukee gets back there and repeats. I said Phoenix-Milwaukee. I'm going to stick with it only because I don't want to veer right now, but it's, it's not looking as promising as it was a month ago. Anyway, Johnny, this was great. We obviously talk offline. We talk throughout the playoffs and we'll continue to do so. And maybe we'll have you back on once the first round ends. We have second round matchups and the like. You'll be in the mix. Thanks so much for doing it, bro. Speak to you soon.
0: Thanks. Had a ton of fun.
1: Thanks again to recurring guest Johnny Noman for coming on, for giving me a lot of his time over an hour talking NBA stuff. So much good stuff. And yeah, I'm still riding high in the Brooklyn Nets demise. Just Fantastic. One thing I forgot to mention about how corny the Brooklyn Nets are in my monologue. The Brooklyn Nets celebrate the life of the notorious B.I.G., who's no longer with us, who's was killed in 1997, murdered, whatever. We know the story. They celebrate Biggie because Biggie lived in Brooklyn. I got news for you. Biggie was a Knicks fan, even though he slept with Anthony Mason's girl. I got a story to tell. That's the song. Whatever. Biggie was a Knicks fan, okay? So when you pull out those Koji sweater uniforms, Biggie was a Knicks fan. Just another example of how corny and lame the Brooklyn Nets are. But anyway, that's 154 for the love of the game. Take us out, me. Our shots. First, we shut them down, then we open up shop. Really, look around just in case you forgot. They've been trying to stop the way, but the way don't stop. Whoa.